You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, the Cartographer's Handbook, Remastered. Section 11. The Wider World. Additional for 1883. Prior warning. The next pages were omitted from the first edition of this handbook. It is believed by some within the RS government that they were inflammatory in tone, liable to impart fear and confusion into the hearts of the readers. I argued my case against this, citing that surviving this long will have made the American people more stern and hardy than they were being given credit for, and also instilled with a desire for clarity and truth rather than platitudes and distractions. You are not children, and we need not concern ourselves with avoiding fear. In point of fact, we must confront it, embrace it, and learn to live alongside it, if we are to get through these coming years of struggle. I was overruled, and the first printing was released without these pages. It generated such a storm of questions that would have been ably answered by what you are about to read, that I was granted a second printing. I bring this to you now in the knowledge that, like much of this book, it may not be what you wish to hear, but it is the truth nonetheless. The issue also arose as to what would occur if this book were to fall into enemy hands, specifically those of secessionists, seeking to bring down the current government and emplacing their own to serve their interests. The following warning was printed in the original handbook. Important. If you believe your life is in danger, and the information in this book will fall into the hands of any human parties in violent opposition to the reunified states of America, you must burn this book. Your standard kit contains kerosene and tinder, which can be used swiftly for this purpose. Not only has my emphatic request to have this removed finally been consented to, but I am able to reprint it here for you now and explain why I objected to its inclusion to begin with. Put simply, we cannot prevent this book from falling into hands we consider to be wrong, and there will be dissenting people who will read this no matter what measures we attempt. The reason this should not only be an occurrence allowed for, but positively encouraged, is knowledge. The dissenters believe that they are right to wish this administration overturned, because they are not yet in possession of all the facts. If they are, then they are not examining them from a broad enough scope, and setting their minds to a far enough timeline. We would rather confront them with the full truth, and our plans outlined, than hide and whisper in the shadows. If we hide from the few domestic enemies we have, then we also hold back from contact with the many potential allies within the American public. Clarity and truth will win us more battles than subterfuge and secrecy, especially in a war where our chief weapon is instilling in as many people as possible the knowledge required to respond accordingly. So to all who consider us enemies, please... Take the time to reread this text and ask yourself if this is something you would stand in the way of, 
for the temporary illusion of personal liberties. The West One could take a map of America and in drawing a vertical line down the center bisect our nation to ascertain a greater understanding of the stage of conflict that exists today. To the east, the line is drawn at Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, and Louisiana. To the west lie the Dakota Territory, Nebraska, Kansas, the Indian Territory, and at the southernmost point, Texas. Everything west of this line constitutes land your government has no current plans to operate within. Due to the concentrated nature of the populations in the cities east of the line, that is where the most significant Wendigo nests lie, and that is the land we concern ourselves with. The wild lands of the west are home to the majority of remaining Indians who survived our systematic eradication. Add to this the white communities who settled before the emergence of the Wendigo and countless groups of refugees who fled the eastern states throughout the past decade. To say nothing of the countless infected who would have slipped through given the Wendigo purchase over all the aforementioned lands and peoples. Distance, resources and time do not allow us to send aid to the states of Oregon, Nevada or California the territories of Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Idaho, and the northernmost Washington Territory. All are to be left alone. Even Texas is beyond this border, and thus beyond our reach. The sheer logistics of attempting to control the East is an almighty task requiring the cooperation I have already detailed to factor in the West complicates matters beyond reason. However, this presents the issue of further mass exodus, emptying our lands of those suitable to serve in the military effort, leaving behind only the creatures to follow on our tails. Therefore, it was in early 1876 that President Grant initiated the Homeland Act, making passage across this pan-state line without due clearance illegal. In simplest terms, we all stay. We all fight. When victory is finally achieved as we enter the 20th century, it will be in a truly free America, and this act will be lifted. A series of checkpoints and military outposts now cover this line, keeping watchful eyes on either side. Attempting to force access will result in severe reprisal. The undisclosed dangers of a growing army of creatures to our backs, in fact, make plainer the need for unified military strength and readiness. Do not forget the West, or those who journeyed there. If we fight and live to forge our future, we will see them again. Carmen Santos, Williamsburg, Virginia, March 29, 1882 
In 1825, Samuel Finley Breeze Morse was sent a letter by his father via horsebound messenger that Samuel's wife, Lucretia, had died a month after giving birth to their third son. Samuel raced home to New Haven, only to find that it had occurred one month previously, and she was already long in the ground. He had left Washington in some distress, in the middle of painting the honored French Major General Lafayette on that man's final visit to America. I can imagine the horror and frustration being given this tragic news so late and at such an inopportune time. Too late, in point of fact, to respond in any useful fashion. This instilled in Morse a burning desire to see our lines of communication sped up out of the dark ages of reliance upon physical travel and harnessing the wonders of the technologies emerging in our industrial age. Nineteen years later, in 1844, he sent the inaugural telegram for Mesnou Machine in celebration of the opening up of telegraphic communication between Washington and Baltimore. He allowed the youngest daughter of a friend, a girl named Annie Ellsworth, the opportunity to choose the first message. She selected a biblical quote. What hath God wrought? to express her astonishment at this miraculous and potentially terrifying new ability that we now had at our literal fingertips. It is not my place to assume what was going through young Annie's mind at the time, but were I there, I would assure her that if this capacity to communicate can indeed be attributed to the Almighty, then it may well be the true salvation of we, his most complex of creations. When the Wendigo hit New York City, my life was chaotically busy, so much so, in fact, that I could scarcely find the perspective I needed to react to the situation at my door. I worked at the Western Union Telegraph offices in Boston, Massachusetts. We were at the time receiving an astonishing number of panicked messages from all over the country, many from around the world, being bounced from one long-distance location to the next. If the disarray in my office was anything to go by, the head offices in Manhattan would have been in constant uproar. The difficulty was with so many specialized requests, emerging news, and emergency situations to organize notification on. It was impossible to achieve everything asked of us. These were not verbose accounts, but in traditional telegram style, practical and sparing. I remember very significantly one piece of news I had to convey to the press offices. It simply said, London on fire. Stop. Creatures in our streets. Stop. Army rooted. Stop. Her Majesty fled palace. Stop. Population heading north to Scotland. Stop. Bedlam at Dover. Stop. 
Be advised. You're above a run. Stop. I could not think of a more hopeless situation to have to convey. This was after months of apparent stiff upper lips over what apparently turned out to be the Wendigo threat emerging from Egypt and spreading out to Libya and the Sudan in the spring of 72. And none to subtle chidings of our military's apparent inability to contain an outbreak of rabid savages down in Mississippi. This was, I remind you, an empire. But they, along with the rest of the world, had no clue that the screaming Indian natives bearing down upon their troops in Bengal could not be threatened with guns and did not care for Britain's sovereignty. Kyushu Japan was struck with a wave of fleeting infected from Busan, Korea, shortly before we lost all contact with that side of the world. In St. Petersburg, Alexander Romanov II had apparently converted the Winter Palace into a fortress for all the residents of the city that could pass the mandatory health inspection. Pope Pius had declared this the end of days as Rome tore itself apart around him. And considering the biblical imagery the descriptions threw up, I cannot blame the man. As the eastern seaboard began to fall, and thousands of former New Yorkers, both in form of terrified refugees and the Wendigo at their heels, radiated out of that area, they brought with them the same chaos they were escaping. I was sitting in the eye of the information storm. Boston being a harbor city, many of the families I knew were taking boats and escaping out into the Atlantic. Ultimately, what made me leave was a single message from an unnamed telegraph operator in Brooklyn. I can do no more good here. Stop. We'll travel until a place is found where I can. Stop. I hope, if only selfishly, for the sake of my dreams, that every one of these places I heard from has somehow survived this plague, that some control has been regained and governmental or military strategy has won out over the creatures, that the continents are clear of infection and sustaining vibrant human life and simply waiting for a word from the Americas they believe to be lost. Today, I work for the NIA in the Communication Division, principally because every person they find who understands the business end of a telegraph sounder is worth their weight in gold. <laughs> or at least we would be if in 1882... That gold wasn't worth 100 its weight in strips of dried beef. I traveled with a team, repairing existing lines and laying down new ones as the map is filled out, connecting town to town with thousands of miles of galvanized zinc-coated wire, the veins of civilization. When we're done, everyone will be talking. Maybe my unknown friend found his place.
but I must keep traveling for the sake of what God hath wrought. You have been listening to section 11 of the Cartographer's Handbook, The Wider World, written by Alexander Shaw. Thomas W. Arlington, performed by Alex Shaw. Carmen Santos, performed by Loretta Saylor. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Reawakening, Fanfare for Space, and Dreams Become Real, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode, so thank you to Joel Robinson, Benjamin Biddle, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Kevin Vahey, Daniel Salguero, Connor Kennedy, Brian Novak, Evan Jankowski, Sarah Montgomery, Dan Hepner, Johan Clayson, Tyler Long, Joe Gasiga, Greg Downing, Tim Rosinski, Christopher Wolfe, Kat Essman, Cassandra Newman, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Joseph Gluck, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Luksh, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Dashler, and Lorraine Chisholm. <laughs>